Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and today's guest is the delightful Eilish Ferry Kennington. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and to help get our name out there. Now it's time to go off script and find out Eilish's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest, it's Eilish. Welcome, Eilish. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, you're very welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation. You're a great improviser, someone that always manages to put a smile on my face. And I want everyone to get to know all about you. Well, let's do that then. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll jump straight in and I will just ask, how did you get involved with improv comedy? Um, I got involved about a year ago, probably almost exactly. Um, and I've never done it in person, so it was never something I'd even thought about doing. Okay. Um, and pre-lockdown, and still, I am very involved in folk music stuff. So I am in a shanty crew. I uh, was doing clog dancing, Morris dancing, and all of that was kind of whipped away in lockdown. Um, and I was finding everything very stressful. Uh, and I just got tagged in a post on Facebook by um. Summer Austin, who is a improviser in the US, I'm not sure where she is now, um, and she tagged me in a Liverpool comedy improv post saying there were new classes, and she tagged me saying, do you, do you know anyone who would be interested? And I, I felt like I just needed something yeah, um, to fill a gap, really. Um, and I'd never, ever thought about it before, and I just went, oh, yeah, let's have a go at that. And I uh, uh, I did. So what was your connection to Summer Austin that tagged you in that post? So she um, she lives in the US now, but she lived for a short period in Liverpool. Okay. And so did I. I went to Liverpool University. So we used to work together in the Everyman Theatre bar. Ah. Um, uh, uh, 400 years ago. I don't know when it was. Um, early 2000s, I think. Uh, yeah. Yes. Cool. So I just had, had a go. And... Uh, almost bottled it the first time I was about to log on um, and I'm very glad I didn't <laughs> almost so, didn't press the button so was improv on your radar before that post no Not um, at all. like I knew it existed yeah. I, I, it actually interestingly one of the last things I did before we all went into lockdown was I went to uh, an improv um show at the Cumberland Arms in Newcastle which was the suggestibles but it was an international women's day event okay. so it wasn't all of the suggestibles it was the women suggestibles and guests um so i don't know if but i i was certainly not considering doing it um it was a very snap decision and i think there was just there was some joy missing from my life and it, yeah i thought i'd have a go so you said that you nearly didn't press the button what mm. were your expectations before the class and when you actually did the class, was it anything like you thought it was going to be? It was. So my expectation was that it would be going straight into having to do scenes. And I was like, I cannot imagine me being able to do that. Right. And actually, by the end of the class, 
just that first class we were but obviously we were doing warm-up stuff at the beginning and I didn't know anything about that and that was you know fun games and things that made you feel very comfortable um uh, and so it kind of eased you in a lot more gently than I was expecting yeah so do you have any kind of performing background uh, in the I know you said the music side of things do you are, are you involved in sort of acting previously no not at all um and so it's it's a whole kind of lurch well I thought it would be a lurch out of my comfort zone actually it hasn't proved to be that at all um and people were very welcoming um it it, it I think it plays into a number of different things that I do so um when we're on stage singing I'm often the one doing all the introduction okay being a bit gobby <laughs> um I, I i'm a solicitor in real life so i have to just be ready for stuff and to respond to stuff so all of those things kind of play in in a weird way uh so actually i felt much more comfortable than i ever thought i would doing it and but, you... but no it, it's not something i i'm not an actor or anything have you had much chance to explore long-form improv no, almost none. Um, bits and pieces, um, but I, uh, yeah, I, I might start to have a look at that. But it makes me quite nervous because I just think I might run out of steam. <laughs> um, yeah. And are there types of games that you really think suit you, and are there types of games that scare you a little? Um, the physical stuff I find quite difficult because I've never done it in person. Yeah. So I, I like I, I improvise with my head and my shoulders, and I don't know what the rest of you are supposed to do because I've never <laughs> done it in real life. So like, what what am I doing? Um, that stuff I find less. Uh, I don't dislike it, but it's not kind of one that I'd ask for. Um, the stuff that I find my favorite stuff. I mean, I've done a couple of runs of uh, musical improv uh, with Jen at yeah. LCI and I did a little bit with the Maydays as well, um, just a couple of drop-in sessions. And I love the music stuff. It kind of ties various other things together. And then just games of, I love guessing games. I've always loved guessing games though. Yeah. <laughs> I was once on, on a car ride um, back from the middle of France <laughs> um, <laughs> with my sister and her wife and me and my sister's wife were um, played a guessing game for a really long time and my sister woke up in the back seat and was just like will you just stop it <laughs> <laughs> it was just like guess the moment of the holiday I just love guessing um, so I like all of them excellent so you mentioned that you haven't done this in person is it something that you will look to do in future yeah I will I'm um on the waiting list for when the suggestibles or Newcastle uh, people start up again, because that's where I'm based. Yeah. Um, I've, d I've done a bit of drop-in stuff with them. Uh, not an awful lot, but a bit. A bit. Um, and I'm booked to come down and do improv comedy in the park um, in, ah, cool. in Liverpool um, uh, in a few weeks' time. Uh, can't remember the date. 22nd of August, I'm going to come down. Ah, awesome. I recently did that myself and i really enjoyed it but you are mm -hmm. right i am someone that, that's had a bit of experience of in person but having spent so much time doing it online 
it was a big change to all of a sudden yeah. think, oh, I've got my body and <laughs> and you're in an open space. So you have to use your voice differently as well, because like, yeah. you really have to project your voice and project it in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually this morning I woke up, I, I was um, out last night and it was quite noisy where I was. And right. for the first time, I'm really feeling it in my throat that I had to speak louder over noise, which I just haven't had to do for a year and a half. And so my throat is obviously out of practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to coming down and actually meeting people in real life. So that's awesome. quite exciting. So over the last year, lots of things have moved online. As a solicitor, what's life been like in the workplace? Have you had to do a lot of that online? Uh, yeah, it's been weird, really, really weird. So um, the firm I work for is very um, tech savvy anyway. So we weren't right. in the same situation as some people. We could all take our laptops home and access all our files, whereas some <laughs> people still work in musty old offices with dusty files. Um, it was very stressful, in all honesty. Um, I was I don't live in a massive house. My partner was doing exams in our spare room and I was, I do like mental health, mental capacity law. So right. I was downstairs with my, my clients um, in care homes where you were hearing about all kinds of COVID Ooh. stuff. Um, trying to speak to people in psychiatric hospitals, um, court hearings by telephone, mental health tribunals. Um, uh, it was... Uh, I really, really hated working from home. So I actually only worked from home for three months and then they let me go back because I was just right. finding it. Um, I don't know, all of the stressful bits of your job in your living room and then all of the bits, like I say, the, the stuff that you do to balance out the stress, the joyful stuff, yeah, um, had all just been whipped away and it was I, I, I didn't cope that well with it. Like... Um, which was one of the reasons, you know, where it was like, oh, actually, I could do something fun. Um, the improv stuff was a real release, I suppose. And um, and yeah, so a lot of court things are still online. Um, right. I'm starting to see clients again, which I'm glad about because you just actually, my client group, you can't communicate very well with some of them um, remotely. They can't right. remember who you are. They don't know what you're on about. They, they need support to use the technology so you don't have any privacy with them. It's not a great way of going on. So I'm really glad to be getting back to see them. Yeah, I, th I think you touched on there about improv and well-being. I think over the last 18 months or so, however long we've been going through this pandemic, I think improv has become a real sort of beacon in terms of well-being because it's something that's been able to offer people this creative outlet that they'd be lacking otherwise yeah yeah I agree um there's a I don't think of myself as a, a hugely creative person but I do do some creative stuff I don't know like I've always I suppose believed in the arts and creativity being important and not just a nice thing to have but an essential thing yeah. I know I think it feels like this has been some like um horrible real world experiment as to what happens if you take it all away <laughs> um uh, and it, it yeah and so it's lovely that people have managed to do it online um and I do I, I, it seems like loads of people like me have 
happened across it and found it as a really great thing, but also a really um, connecting thing. So I've been in um, in sessions with people all over the world um, yeah. when things are really, really hard and then you're on, uh, online with people from five different countries improvising a song about a lovely picnic. Um, <laughs> it, it's a real like balance against everything else that's been going on. And you said that you, you live in your house with your partner and mm-hmm. it, sometimes it could be a struggle when you were just trying to work. What's it been like for you to actually be doing improv and screaming out or doing ra- really random things <laughs> yeah well I've been quite self-conscious about that and I'm, I'm just in our spare room our spare room nobody I've never moved the screen when I'm in here but it is a tip it is a, such right. a tip um but I'm just kind of squirreled away in here um and then mostly it's fine and then there's times where he'll be kind of going past and when you're trying to do like uh, right really play an emotion and you're like shouting your head off or, or doing those things where it's like just throwing and catching a ball really do your reactions and he's like what are you doing <laughs> so yeah um but mostly it's been all right and I just try not to be too self-conscious about it and how long were you doing it before you really started to feel comfortable to sort of to let go on screen? Mm, I don't know, because this, uh, I would say right at the beginning, I was com- comfortable with some bits of it and then other bits not. Um, it's an interesting question and I don't know the answer to that because I think there's still stuff where I feel, oh, oh, I don't know. I feel completely out of my comfort zone. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, particularly the ones where you've just got to jump in and you're just like yeah. holding back from turning your camera on. Um, so I'm not sure really. I did up until Christmas, I did lots of just dropping stuff. And apart from one, the um, musical comedy uh, course. And then I decided after Christmas that I'd do some like four, six week courses. Yeah. Which were, um, felt like they really put some pieces together so there was a point where it was like if we work on one thing okay I can do that thing and then we'll work on this thing but I've forgotten the other one um, <laughs> and so um I, I now feel a bit more comfortable doing a few of the things at once like the emotion and yeah whatever else actually you know listening to people and um starting to feel like I've got a few more skills and did you enjoy with those longer courses? Did you enjoy the fact that you were with the same people every week, working on things together, building relationships together? Yeah, I think um, definitely. I think there's a really different feel uh, to that because if you know, if you're familiar with someone's style, you know that if you put something out there, you don't know what you're going to get back, but you know that they'll pick it up. Yeah. Um, whereas if you don't know someone, you feel less brave almost because you're not sure. I mean, there's no, I haven't come across anyone who's like, oh, no, I wouldn't want to play with them. But you're not feeling like just dead comfortable. Yeah, you know, if you throw it out there, something's going to come back at you. Um, and you play with different things with different people, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and it's just lovely. We log on and actually a, a few of the groups have been really, really cohesive and and then done a couple of shows at the end of um, the intermediate thing, which was um, 
just another thing altogether, just in my little spare room. <laughs> uh, but doing a show, it was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I find it's quite weird that even online, you can get a feel for people pretty much straight away. The other day I was in an LCI drop-in and there were some people there that I'd never, I'd never seen before. And instantly there was a couple there and I was like, oh yeah, I, 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 I can vibe off them. I could just sense that I'm going to do mm -hmm. good stuff when, when we're in scenes together. And that's how it panned out. Yeah. And do you feel like you can pin down what that thing is? Or is it just like an intangible? Because I don't feel like it's very tangible. You, it is a vibe, isn't it? Yeah, it's intangible. It, it's hard to explain. And I don't know what it is. What, sometimes it can be, I've never seen this person before. And then they introduce themselves and something sparks in me. And then other mm -hmm. times it's not until I'm actually in a scene with someone and the way they approach the scene sparks something in me. And I'm like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. we are really going to connect well. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. intangible. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, um, it's amazing. The, the variety of different people and different styles and everything, um, that you come across. It's lovely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I just want to go back to something you said earlier now and talk about your folk music. And so you said mm. you do sea shanty singing, clog dancing, talk to me about everything that you do and how you got into all of that. Okay. Um, I got into it because that's, what my family does and um, okay. my dad's a Morris dancer um, and I grew up going to folk festivals so it's all just very ingrained in me and there was like me and my sister would stand up in a pub and sing a song and my dad would be like shh, shh the girls are gonna sing the girls are gonna sing <laughs> um, and then there was a point where I was like will you stop doing that please it's embarrassing and um, we'll just look after <laughs> ourselves um, and so it's been, I don't play instruments, I've tried, um, but I've just not been very good at sitting at home practicing on my own. Like I right. like the group stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. but sitting at home just getting it wrong time and time again. I've never had the commitment to to an instrument. Um I started clog dancing about ten years ago. I haven't gone back after lockdown as yet. I might still. Um just having a bit of a think about the things that I spend my time on, really. Um, I'm due to see some of the clog dance people in a few weeks time um, and that was a bit of a um, a replacement for when I realised actually just give up trying to learn instruments kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> uh, going to a clog dance group every week actually okay. fills that bit of your brain but isn't just sitting at home on your own trying to practice an instrument um, the sea shanties um I'm in a, a group, a female shanty crew called She Shanties. Nice pun for you there. Yeah, name. I like that um, name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, there's always, I've always loved singing folk songs. They're just great fun to sing. And there was a point where I just put on Facebook, like, I want to be in a shanty crew. And it was a bit of a joke. And then all <laughs> these women were like, yeah, me too. Yeah, I do as well. Uh, yeah. And so we got together um that was 10 years ago so no i must have been clog dancing before that um right yeah i was clog dancing that, that yeah i've given that so with the, the right time scale with the sea shanties sea shanties have had a real resurgence in the last few years <laughs> because we had um i know there was the film about fisherman friends that group yeah. and 
then we've had the Weller Man thing sort of taking the world the by TikTok storm in last shanties. year. Yeah. <laughs> it's mad. Um, yeah, nobody foresaw that. Um, kind of 2021, January, after everything that's gone on, what's going to happen in January 2021? TikTok sea shanties. <laughs> like, none of us saw that coming. And now it's like, oh, it's the Weller Man again. And we're all a bit like, there are other ones um but you know it, it's a great thing and it's um yeah it's amazing that they've kind of had this resurgence i uh, like online improv I, I suppose i really hope that the people that are doing shanties in parts on tiktok yeah. someday get to go to a shanty session and sing all together in harmony because it's like it's a different feeling it's just so very good for your soul um and so I hope they get to experience that really <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but it's been amazing and then we've got a couple of um gigs out of it really um cool. or, well I don't know if we have or it's just like Oh look, shanties are cool, so we'll link the the blurb of the gig uh, uh, to that. But it's um it's nice to be cool for a bit. <laughs> and as a group, who coordinates you and decides who's going to do which parts and all that? Nobody, <laughs> <laughs> nobody, <laughs> absolutely not. There are some of us that do like um uh, organizing of the gigs and like who's available and all of yeah. that. I've done lots of that over the ten years that we've been doing it. Um, I've currently said, please, will somebody else do it for a bit? And um, my friend's doing that. Um, my sister's in the group. She's done quite a lot of it as well. Um, and so that stuff, we kind of, a, a few of us take turns. But in terms of actually coordinating the music, um, there is no person who does it. You, essentially the way we would work is I'm going to, I'm going to do this song that I heard somewhere or I looked up okay. and um, found it in the Shanty Bible called Shanties of the Seven Seas or something. Um, and then when we get together, sing it through a few times and it just all happens quite organically. It's, uh, oh, cool. it's a great um, process. And then sometimes you just get this like, whoa, that's lush. <laughs> um, when it starts to come out, like it just starts to be like, mm, yeah, okay, oh, I'll try that. No, that doesn't work. Um, uh, and then when it comes together, it's it's amazing. But yeah, it's much more organic than any. Well, you'll be an alto, you'll be a soprano, you'll be whatever. Um, we just sing. Cool. So if if it was more of a traditional choir, would you be an alto? Would you be a soprano? Where would you fit I'd, on the scale? I'd probably be an alto. Yeah. Um, if I work on it, I can get quite high, but I've got to be properly warmed up and I don't like it up there. Um, yeah, I'm very comfortable in the alto range. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I just want to ask a bit more about clog dancing as well. Mm -hmm. So I know a bit about clog dancing, but I probably don't know enough about clog dancing. So I don't know enough if you've... Enough for what? <laughs> well, well, to talk in depth about it. So where, where I grew up, Clog dancing was actually um, part of a competition called the Earth I Steadfod. Mm -hmm. So, do you know the Earth I Steadfod? I'm aware of it. Okay. And that's probably the best I can say. I know some people that have been, but I, I haven't. 
So there's the big national Eisteddfod where they have like famous people come and, and, and sing and stuff. But then the Earth Eisteddfod is basically all the schools in Wales can compete against each other. And there's all sorts of categories. There's, there's dance categories, singing categories, instrument categories, poem categories, um, pottery, jewelry making, uh, all oh, sorts. Right. Uh, puppetry like puppet making there's so much to it like the schools i've worked in with or have been in as a child i've only ever really focused on a couple of elements of it but there's so much to it uh but i've been to many a show either when i was younger competing in different things or taking children because i teach dance so i've taken dancers there but then there's been different dance categories there's always a folk dance category there's always a clog dance category and so I've, i've sort of seen it and it's very similar to folk dancing, but there seems to be some very specific rules about it. Are you aware of sort of things that are very specific to clock dancing that you don't get in other types of dancing? Um, it's interesting because I have never done any competitive clock dancing. Um, I've very much been part of a team that goes out and dances at festivals, dances like May fairs and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. I am aware and I've, I've been to some of the competitions, but I've never uh, competed. And clog dancing has arisen in various different um, industrial areas across, um, well, certainly the UK. Um, and it's very, it, there's very specific styles in very specific, in, in different areas. So yeah. Durham and Northumberland clog dancing is extremely different from Lancashire clog dancing okay. and welsh clog um different steps different rules about style you know uh, northumberland and durham uh, have that irish dance thing where you're not supposed to move your arms whereas okay. lancashire they're like much more free and easy um and there's different competitions in different ones and they would do like dancing on a really small pedestal yeah. so you'd have to stay on there they would do like you have to do a certain number of beats all very very specific and very um difficult <laughs> um <laughs> i have never been a specific to a region the team that i was dancing with just danced the dance we liked so yeah. there were some westmoreland so like late district type dances okay some lancashire uh done a little bit of welsh uh a workshop and i really liked it but I, i've never known any dancers to to dance out um and like northumberland stuff so we've been quite varied um and not competitive uh but i know the competitions are are quite um i don't know what to say like stringent rules really yeah and then you win a belt like a boxing belt it's brilliant <laughs> awesome <laughs> <laughs> and whenever you see them in competitions they're always in you know, like very sort of regimented sort of uniforms yeah. for lack of a better term do you have to to dress up in those sorts of outfits or do you just wear whatever you want for what you're doing when we set up the team that i was dancing in we made a very specific decision yes we want to have a, a kit you would call it a uniform yeah. so that when we dance out people can see that that's who we are but what we didn't want and um a lot of people have been morris dancers and stuff as well is a kit that when you then nip into Sainsbury's, everyone knows you're a Morris dancer. Uh -huh. um, and so we had a very simple, um, I, I say had, they are still dancing. I, I'm not, uh, maybe I'm on a hiatus, I don't know at the moment. I've got a dodgy ankle and I'm a bit like, don't want right. to sprain it again. Um, 
a black t-shirt black skirt but then each of us have a, a color so mine's purple. okay and so i've got a purple underskirt purple bits and pieces uh, cool. laces to my clogs flowering your hair whatever you want to do with it really so we were quite relaxed about that um whereas other teams i never want to be in a team that wears a shawl I'm okay not into the shawl um <laughs> but some people really are and it's just a style thing really and the clogs themselves like where do you buy clogs you buy them from um a couple of people are still um, making businesses out of clog uh, making. There's a, oh, I'm going to forget their names, so I'm not going to say them in case I get them wrong. <laughs> there are essentially, a, a, off the top of my head, I can think of two who are doing that. And they're, they've been overrun by business, I imagine, not quite so much while everyone's not been dancing, right. practicing and dancing out. Um, but yeah, there was there were two guys doing it. One of them retired, and then another guy called Simon came through and did. I think he must have trained with one of them, um, and he's he's doing great business. Um, but really, um, amazing craft. So, what yeah. are modern clogs like? Are they still wood based? The the soles are wood, the uppers are leather. Um, oh. Yeah, and you just clatter about in them. It's really satisfying <laughs> to clatter about in them. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're, they're not, I don't think they're that comfortable um, to walk around in, but they're de they are now designed for step clog. And I mean, there's Morris dancing that uses clogs as well, kind of Northwest Morris dancing, which is like the processional dances that arose from the cotton mills. Um, they dance in clogs, but they dance in clogs with rubbers or irons on the bottom. So they are very stampy. That uh, my sister does that kind okay. of dancing um, round Bolton. Um, yeah, so there's that, and then there's step clogs, which are just wood on the bottom. And how does it compare to like a tap shoe, where in tap you can tap your toe, or you can tap your heel, and you get different sounds? With the clog, is it more? Is it generally just a stamp, or is there a bit more finesse? to which bit of the foot i don't know that you get particularly different noises um out of them but you certainly use all different bits of your foot um and some of that's different beats some of it's to kind of uh it is visual someone once said to me in a clog dance workshop that a good clog dance you should enjoy with your eyes but you should also if you close your eyes um be able to enjoy it with your ears as well so it's um right if you can't see their feet, then you should be able to hear the dancing as well, the, the rhythm of it. Awesome. Uh, cool. So I just want to get back to improv for a sec now and think more the comedy side of improv, because, you know, I've done quite a few sessions with you where you've really made me laugh. And Good, I wanna, thank you. I'd like to know who your comedy influences are. Um. Well, my... <laughs> Someone once said to me, if you want, if you're ever going to be a TV lawyer, because I am a lawyer, uh, who would you be? And I was like, well, Bob Mortimer. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, Bob Mortimer is my answer. Um, I love Victoria Wood. I love, um, oh, that's a really good question. Vic and Bob, like, love them and did for many, many years growing up. Um, and there was, uh, there was a point where, uh 
when my sister had not been with her wife that long, uh, she showed her the Vic and Bob, um, some back catalogue Vic and Bob stuff. And she was just like, oh, that's where those phrases are. I thought they were just like fem- Ferry Kennington family phrases. <laughs> so um, very much love them. Um, also, so yeah, Victoria Wood is brilliant. Um, Bill Bailey kind of left field. Eddie Izzard, that kind of very surreal element. Uh, I enjoy that. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of really uh, like American sitcoms, which I'm not convinced I actually love. I just end up watching <laughs> them. Um, right. So I wouldn't say that they would like my big comedy influences are more about the kind of just ridiculous than anything. Yeah. So some of the the British comedians that you mentioned there, they are perhaps a bit more outlandish, certainly Vic and Bob. However, there is a there is a, a deep level of genius to the craziness, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not just messing about. Fair enough, it is. But they know what they're doing. It's well-crafted messing about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, maybe that's what I'm, I've found with um, comedy improv is that all of the kind of... It, like I said before, it, it draws on a lot of things I've done before and it kind of... It, and it then feeds back into it in terms of confidence with um, speaking in public and stuff. But yeah. Perhaps that's what I'm doing is I'm kind of putting some skill to my messing about that I've been doing all these years. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting that you said you enjoy watching some American sitcoms, but you just kind of watch them and enjoy them, but you don't necessarily love them. I think Mm -hmm. we are saturated with so much American comedy and we have a very different way of doing things in the UK. Like if we have a series on telly over here, you're lucky if that series gets past 10 episodes like a lot yeah of, absolutely <laughs> a lot of things here are more about the the quality in short doses instead of mm-hmm. just banging out something new every week um so yeah and the the big writers room and the the 20 odd series 20 odd episodes in a series and all of that really slick and yeah. and i watch them and some of them i really do enjoy and then others i'm like i'm just watching it um yeah i think I'm always impressed when people have that um, discipline that they're like, no, I've done two series, I'm going to stop it. Yeah. And you think, oh, go on, do another one. But actually, well done for saying, <laughs> no, that's the line. I've done 12 episodes of this and it yeah. was brilliant and I'm not doing any more. I, I always want them to do more, but then you, you don't <laughs> want to see it go downhill, do you? Yeah. So, and that's the thing, like Faulty Towers is always an example I come back to when thinking of, about great British comedy done well because they did the episodes that they did and they said we're not doing any more and they've avoided any opportunities to ever bring it back and people still heap praise on it all the time. And I'm just like, yeah, wow. I, I, I'm not that big a fan of Faulty Towers. I used to watch it when I was a kid and I really liked it. I think I've gone off John Cleese for certain reasons and that doesn't help um, with re-watching things. And there are some things, aren't there, that have aged um, really well and then there are other things that you watch back. Only Fools and Horses, I just feel like, has aged very much. Um, although it's still enjoyable, but I don't love it like I did when I was a kid. Um, 
but yeah i am impressed with people who can draw yeah. the line i think it is interesting when we do watch old shows how different society is and like there's so many shows that i watch now and i'm like wow you'd never get away with saying that these yeah and rightly so in some cases the, <laughs> yeah. the stuff where you're just like i don't want to hear that because it's awful um but yeah uh I agree. And then some things like Father Ted doesn't feel that dated because it was dated at the time, like because yeah. they were supposed to be already dated when you watch it, it doesn't seem that dated. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But um, yeah, the, there is, as you say, in America, there's just so many people. It's a real machine, whereas I feel yeah. things in the UK, it's very much always a little, a little group of people. Mm-hmm yeah um so away from comedy now and away from all the folk music things what else when you're not when you're not working when you're not doing improv when you're not doing the things we've discussed what do you enjoy in life um well those things take up a lot of my time um and but i love i love you know uh, at the moment, I work too much. Um, I'm trying to do something about that. Uh, and I'm constantly like trying to push the boundaries back to where they should be. Um, mm. But when I'm good at that, I like to go away a lot at weekends. And a lot of that is folk festival stuff, which hasn't been happening um, yeah. recently. Um, but a lot of that, going away with uh, my partner, just going for tea, <laughs> like meeting <laughs> up with my friends. Um I have quite a close relationship with my family so that That's kind good. of thing um but yeah those kind of things that we've talked about they are once you've done a full working week two dance practices uh you've got folk festival bookings and things that's uh busy awesome and being a solicitor was that was that something you knew from a young age that you wanted to do no not at all um I've not been that great at having plans in my life. Um, right. And so I, uh, when I left school, I I worked for Weatherspoons for three years. Uh, I took a year out. I took a gap year and it turned into three years. Um, and I ended up as a manager in Weatherspoons. <laughs> <just like, laughs> um, and then I went to Liverpool University and I did a geography degree um, and that was great. I really, really enjoyed geography, but it didn't. I never got into anything. Right. I did that. I, I did uh, then did a master's in uh, environment and international development, and the last module of that was like an environmental law module. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done this master's. I should have done a law conversion. Um, but I had utterly skinted myself uh, doing the masters, and I just couldn't <laughs> afford it at the time. So I was I was thirty five by the time I qualified as a solicitor. Uh -huh. So I certainly came the long route um, and kind of worked in various admin jobs. Went back to university, um, but there was a few times af after that time where I was like, yeah, I want to, I do want to do law. There was I then ended up working in admin at Northumbria University. Um, and I ended up working in the School of Law. And so I was getting all the stuff over my desk. And I was like, no, I want to be on the other side of this fence, right. really. And then essentially my grand died and left me enough money to pay my rent for a year. So I, I went for it. 
Um, so it wasn't a huge amount of money, but it was enough to just go, yeah. right, I'm, I'm going to do this. Um, and so, yeah, it, it uh, and I studied part of it. Part uh, I did the conversion full time and then I did the postgrad bit part time and worked in admin in a law firm. Um, yeah. And then since then, it's all been like all go and it's kind of escalated quite quickly and, and now uh, run a, a department and things. So that's uh, but it's really interesting <laughs> and it is actually I would describe it as fun at times which is maybe an odd thing to say um I am certainly never bored but it's quite stressful and I, I love the content of my work but there is regularly far too much of it and with the area that you said you're working do you have to pick that area quite early on in the training process or can you train to a certain level and then be ready to work in any kind of area yeah so you do um either your law degree or a conversion if you go down the route that I do and then you do your legal practice course um I mean this is how I did it there's lots of different ways uh, and there are kind of diversifying ways now um and all that time you don't have to choose what you're going to do and then when you get a training contract you do two years um at, in a law firm and you you have to do at least three seats so you have to do at least three different areas of law um more often people do four well often people do four um and so then often people will qualify into one of those areas that they've had um experience of during their training contract but you don't have to and if you're newly qualified that's kind of the point where people um would choose and i know this is audio i'm doing air quotes um <laughs> because sometimes it's a matter of what's available right um, okay. and you end up in a job because that's where there was a vacancy um yeah i uh kind of staggered into this area that's where i was put as an administrator didn't even know this kind of law existed um at the time and really just think it's fascinating awesome well, thank you very much. Loads of really interesting topics to talk about there that I've not spoken about before on the show. So thank you very oh, much well. for sharing all that with me. Thank you very much. Uh, just before we go, have you got anything you, you want to plug? Like where can people find the, the she shanties or anything like that? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So she shanties are um, on Bandcamp on Spotify. We've got two albums. No, we haven't. We've got one album and one EP both named after comedy parts of the ship. So we have got our EPs called Spanker Boom and our uh, album is called Futtock Shrouds, which are both parts of ships uh, that made us laugh. Um, and so we're thinking about recording a third one and wondering what to call it. Um, I wanted to call it the greatest hits of Sting, but apparently that's already taken. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, uh, yeah, so we're on Bandcamp, on Spotify, and various places. Not an awful lot of gigs coming up at the moment, but yeah. I think we're going to be at Bromyard Folk Festival, and just hoping that we're going to be... We, we've just had a couple of things cancelled again, which is feeling a bit rubbish, but yeah. we'll get back at some point. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you very much, and hopefully I'll uh, see you online soon and in Liverpool. Yes, who knows? I don't know what my <laughs> schedule is for the summer, but no. if I can get to the park on the 22nd, maybe you'll see me there. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. 
Well, there we go. There's another fantastic chat with a super improviser. Thank you so much to Eilish for just coming on, opening up and telling us about all the things that make you, you. I don't know going into these chats what we're going to be talking about. I know we're going to start with talking about improv, but I'm always fascinated to see where the conversation will go. And who could have predicted that this conversation would go down the route of clock dancing and sea shanty singing? I certainly didn't necessarily expect it, but I love that that's what we spoke about. And since the interview, before I actually got around to doing the editing, I did check it out and uh, Eilish said that you can hear their group, the She Shanties, which is a bit of a tongue twister in itself, on Spotify. I myself use Apple Music and I uh, can get definitely one of their albums and I've added it to my collection already and had a listen and I quite enjoyed it. So Futuk Shrouds is what I checked out on um, Apple Music, I did, but you can check on Spotify and just have a good search i know eilish said where you can get it but it's always good to look around and see if it, it comes wherever you get your music from uh, but she shanty is definitely something i'm going to be listening a bit more to because i do enjoy and i see shanty myself and some excellent excellent harmonies on there from what i've heard so far so i look forward to checking out the rest of that album and i hope you uh, get on board and, and support their group and give them a listen so yeah the she shanties wow saying that is is really more difficult than it perhaps should be so there we go thank you very much to eilish it was a really great chat i just love having these chats with people and if you are listening to this and you are a member of the lci community and you have not been on the show yet why haven't you been on the show yet get in touch with me get in touch with them we want to make it happen and also, if you're just interested in getting into improv or already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the info you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Live Comedy Improv. As a show, we've got a Facebook page, so search for the Liverpool Comedy Improv cast on Facebook and you will find all sorts of information about the show there. You'll get links to every new episode and you'll get a trailer every thursday giving you a little teaser for what's going to come in the following episode released the next monday the current climate of well the world but definitely the uk where we are based here as a show and liverpool comedy improv in liverpool of course the the current climate is constantly changing and we've been very much focused online in the last sort of year and a half and with the way things are at the current time of recording this podcast things are starting to open up and LCI has got a lot more in-person classes so do check out the Liverpool Comedy Improv website because you can still get your online fix but there are plenty of opportunities to get short form and long form in-person sessions some of them inside sometimes outside improv in the park at sefton park so do check out the facebook page or the website to find out how you can get involved in in-person as well as online classes if you're listening to the show on apple podcasts as always i ask please leave us a review subscribe to the show anything like that it may seem small to you but it really helps to give the show a boost and help get our name out there if you want to check me out on social media you can find me on facebook twitter instagram and youtube just search for ian luke jones 
and on my YouTube, I always encourage you to check out the variety of videos on there because I've got all sorts of content. There's music, there's improv, there's motivational quotes, there's just me being a bit silly every Wednesday with a new humorous moment for you to check out. So do just check that out and hopefully you'll find something there to make you smile. And that pretty much brings us to the end this week. But before I go, as always, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and...